Welcome to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. Before we get into anything else, I want to mention this is our last episode before our 10th anniversary. As I've been mentioning every single episode the past couple ones. You guys feel old yet? Oh boy. Yes, but that uh, has Glorio. nothing to do with this blog because I already <laughs> felt old when we started. <laughs> <laughs> I think my yeah. It's, I try not to think too hard about a lot of uh, the 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 uh, the year milestones. It gets very distressing. Like, uh, you know, we're hitting ten, and it's like it's just a reminder that oh yeah, like Kill a Kill is nine years old and stuff like that. It's like, I really try not to think too hard about it. My my worst realization thinking about that time frame was uh my niece was three years old and she's now going to start high school in September. Oh my god, that's. That's distressing, Jill. <laughs> yeah. So that that that's my that's my personal uh feeling old uh reference of time there for how long we've been doing this, talking about anime, writing about anime, watching hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. One might say you are the bad. uncle from another world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll save that I mean... for uh next season talk, but yes. Go ahead, Aqua. I uh, I don't know about you guys, but I've been watching lots and lots of anime for way longer than I have been for this blog. I mean, yes, yes, a uh, lot. I think a lot of us can. Yes. You know, I mean, look, some of us have been around since the Toonami days, right? Like it's uh, this this it's a it's been a long. Back in my day, journey. used to anime us... used to be about swords and robots and ditties. Somebody, I mean, we are literally talking about a new Trigun anime. Some of us <laughs> got into anime by watching the old Trigun anime. <laughs> right. <laughs> there is. Well, it's. Uh... I'm sure. Well, I'm sure we'll have some more things to say about uh, our 10-year anniversary here when we have a moment. But uh, for. For now, we're going to be sticking to the script here. We, we, I, and I know we've got a lot of other crazy things going on in the anime world with new shows starting and wild anime expo news coming out uh, this weekend and whatnot. But we do need to tie a bow on the spring season and give our final thoughts on the many shows we ended up watching last season. Yeah, pretty uh, packed season, you know? And uh, I feel like... We're not necessarily going to be singing the praises of all the shows on this docket, but you can say this about us. We watched them to completion. Yeah, and, you know, I th maybe the legacy is going to be this is perhaps one of the best comedy seasons of anime of all time because there was a lot of solid to extremely good comedies that aired this yeah. past spring. So, uh, for, for one reason or another, a lot of laughable shows on this yeah. List. It's yeah. positively ridiculous. <laughs> so, before we get into all that discussion, let's just introduce everybody. I'm Jell, joined by Iroh. I'm not dead yet. Still with us. Uh, we're joined by G. I really want to do a bit here about RRR, an Indian film I watched yesterday, but we don't have enough time with all the... <laughs> final thoughts we have to do this podcast so I'm just gonna say that movie's real good and 
It's um, a, certainly a, a wild ride. And, and, and maybe uh, the Indian film industry is our best hopes for um, the truest, most accurate um, Mario and Luigi uh, RPG <laughs> adaptation we could hope for. That is uh, not seem, the direction I was expecting that they, to go. They, they seem to have the tech. They seem to have mm-hmm. the tech there for, for making it happen. And uh, okay. I'm just saying that if, you know, Illumination decides to make a uh, a second Mario movie after this Chris Pratt one, that uh, maybe they should get in contact with some of the folks in Tollywood. Okay. I was not, not expecting that one, but sure. With Tollywood? Yes. We don't have time to get into this. <laughs> All right. So what you're saying well, is that Japanese media is tired, uh, Korean media is wired, and Indian media is inspired. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Alright, well, we'll save that for our movie spin-off podcast, uh, right? But, uh, Alright, we're also joined by Aqua. I am positively ridiculous. We, and hey, we got you on for a second time in one season. <laughs> so... Taking time out of my busy schedule of... Yeah. Not so. watching anime. <laughs> of, of, of what? Achieving the millennial dream of home ownership. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, right. fellas. I'm uh, I'm joining the other side now. I'll Damn, watch, you uh, hate to see it. I'm gonna watch okay. HBO Max Prestige Television now. I've graduated from anime. Aqua's no. gonna be a NIMBY in no time. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> Alright. Let's, uh... Let's wrap up our spring season shows here then. And we're going to start with the everyone what's hot with all the kids, geopolitics, our Hell geopolitical yeah. power hour. Yeah. And the perhaps the merciful end of Kyokai Senki. Yep. Not getting a season 2. And yes, it does not seem to be getting a season the, 2 as of the, this recording. The absolute best news Famous last words. The absolute best news of this season. I chose my words carefully. The absolute best news of this season, this anime season, was Birdie Wing getting season two. But yes. the second best news <laughs> of this anime season was Kyokai Senki not getting a season two. Mm-hmm. You are free from your mental prison. Um, <sighs> yes. For now. For, for now. now. Don't worry, you know, there's Until always the next a Gundam new, comes out. But there's that's... always a new, even worse mech anime on the horizon for us to look forward to. We already uh, paid the price of smiles. But, yeah, Kyokai Senki. So, the thing I'm going to say about Kyokai Senki is I want to talk about another anime first to kind of put things into context. And that anime is Gundam Seed. Uh, mm-hmm. Gundam Seed uh, was the mecha anime that almost single-handedly destroyed my interest in the mecha genre and kind of maybe stopped watching mecha for at least a solid two to four years after it aired. I, uh... Which is when the next mecha anime was produced. You know what? Probably <laughs> right. Um, I really don't like Gundam Seed. There is almost no redeemable trait about it other than maybe a couple of its EDs. But there is one thing I took from Gundam Seed um, that I, I have kept in my heart ever since, and I like to call it uh, the Gundam Seed Floor. Uh, what I mean by that is that I maintain my sanity as a mecha fan 
by believing and convincing myself that I have lived through the worst that the mecha genre will ever experience in the history of its existence. That mecha will never, ever again be as bad as Gundam Seed. And this has largely proven true, actually. Uh, <laughs> I, I have watched a lot of bad mecha anime in the years since, and none of them have a... Uh, have have, okay. have gone deeper than the Gundam no, Seed floor. None the of them bedrock. have gone below the floor. Yes. Okay. Uh, Kyokai Senki is maybe the closest we have gotten <laughs> to the floor uh, since Aldnoa Zero. Um, you know what? You want to put? You want to put my? Hey, you know, uh, Bandai. Uh, you mm. want to put my quote on your DVD box? Uh, here it is. Uh, Kyokai Senki is negative space. It is the absence of substance given form. Uh, it is a complete void of a show. Like an absolute black hole. Like no light can escape from it and anything that enters mm -hmm. it is never seen again. I have never seen a show just like, I don't know, just like so fundamentally fail in, like, every aspect it attempts. Like, the only thing remotely notable about it is, you know, look, it's got some surprisingly surprisingly cool robots. There, there's a wow cool robot factor to it. Uh -huh. But, like, I don't know, Eero, as, as someone who watched <laughs> this show with me, like... Watched, quotation marks. <laughs> I, I think you can agree that, like, you know, whether it was the geopolitics or the characters the 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 dialogue like you know hell you know even like you know the, the the animation itself it's just like it's just a fundamentally just like overall subpar show in every conceivable manner it's yeah i don't know it's kind of astounding this thing exists they couldn't even give you like a cool fight at the end or something just... no like not even really in fact this is a show I'm, I will be content to just immediately forget and then never think about again. One year yeah. out, one, in a, uh, yeah. one no, year in, one like, year out. Like, we still joke about the price of smiles. Yeah, because, because the price of smiles had, you know... The big-ass rep. A handful of elements that... Yes. We remembered. Right, you know, like they killed their seeming protagonist in like the first episode, right? I it's don't, like I didn't remember what happened in the last episode of Kokai Senki until I pulled up the last episode while we were having this conversation. I actually <laughs> do want to talk about the last episode because it's fucking dog shit. Like the best thing about the last episode is I started getting giddy. And the reason I started getting giddy is because as Iro can attest I was like, Eero, look! They're doing a really poor job of wrapping up all these subplots. Mm -hmm, Don't mm -hmm. you know what that means? They're not leaving any hanging threads, which means this is the last episode. They're trying to end the story here. <laughs> like, like, all these characters, are like their overarching subplots are getting wrapped up in the clumsiest, shittiest way imaginable. That means they have no interest in continuing the story. Mm -hmm. um, right. I... And speaking of the characters, like, I gotta really give a shout-out to how fucking bad the main villain of uh, Kyokai Senki is, Captain Brad. So, right, Captain yeah. Brad Captain is Brad. introduced 
as sort of your Char style rival from America. But he's American, like a, yeah. He's initially introduced as like a committed soldier and a you know blah 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 true believer in the American way. He's kind of shown to be this like he's initially introduced as like this weird mech like Columbo savant where like he can like look at like the foot tracks of a mech and then like recreate the battlefield in his mind's eye or something. Sure. But then by the end of season one, he becomes like the shady secret keeper of a malevolent super AI. And then like he tries to become dollar store big boss. Like his motivations and personality (laughs) literally shift from episode to episode to suit whatever type of villain is needed to be thematically appropriate you know, in any given week. Like, mm-hmm. if this show had a filler episode, like, where the heroes needed to win a baking contest, Captain Brad would have shown up to explain that actually, uh, um, baked goods are the core of any successful civilization, and that he would need to beat the Japanese to prove the superiority of Western baked goods, like, only for this facet of his personality to disappear by next week. Like, and season two of Yakutaka in Japan looking great. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, he, like... Like, one episode, he's, like, a warmonger. The next episode, he's, like, a spy. The next episode, he's, like... It, it, it's just, like... it's. I've never seen a show so blatantly, like, push all of its, like, necessary, necessary components for conflict and a villainous or even an antagonistic opposition to the heroes all get, like, clumsily shoved into a single character. Like yeah, like, I was gonna say... Into a car. As I was say, you to could like, make that yeah. multiple characters, right? Like yeah. you don't have to right, make it one character. Right, but they don't because they real- <clears throat> it's like they realized halfway through, oh, we have only one notable villain. Right. right. The other like, this is... like dudes are not interesting. This sounds like kids show writing. Like this is like Swiper the Fox or like Robin Watson or something like that. And, 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 and that gets and Aqua, that's the thing, that gets at the most confounding part about Kyokai Senki is it's a show that like is com- the reason I ca- I call it a void is because it is completely bereft of a concrete identity. Like, is it a kids show? It's got kid mascots. It's got you know cute animal mascots, and you mm-hmm. know the character designs are very like you know kids show. Is it a you know? But is it a war story? Because it occasionally talks about geopolitics, like how you know multiple countries have balkanized Japan because it serves as a convenient like buffer state. But like. You know, it's or is, universe, but whatever. Right, I know, right? It's just like, it, 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 it is, con- you know, is it a story about, you know, um, naked Japanese nationalism? I mean, well, yes to that one, but yeah. it's just, it's all over the place. It, it just, it just, it just constantly can't seem to decide actually what kind of story it wants to be. And, you know, as a result, it's, it's, it's not even a, it's not even a master of none. It is like a... I don't know, like, like not even a jack of all trades. It, it's a, a, it's ja- like a, a jack of no trades. Yeah, it's like a two of all trades. Just or a something. jack, I don't know. a jackass. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. It's it's just like the, There's nothing like there's nothing to the show, right? Like, yeah, again, the price of smiles gave us the tactical big ass ram. Mm-hmm. Grand Bell had Anna Fugo, who did nothing wrong. Um, uh, you know, eighty six had its portrayal of small unit tactics. Um, <laughs> uh, Sakugan had Big Tony. Tony. Uh, 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 Get a Robo Armageddon told us that the past and the future can go eat shit. Yep. But <laughs> there's no, Kyokai there's Senki, just literally nothing with Kyokai. There's no quotables. Nothing. Not nothing. a single damn thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's. Do you think this is maybe that they tried to make a show that had universal appeal? Like they tried to make like a family show that both kids and their dads could enjoy. Like. I sort of inspired by the like, Gundam franchise, but completely failing to do so. 
you know, I could actually see that to an extent, right? Because I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not delusional. The original Gundam is a toy commercial as much as it is a war story. Yeah. Um, right, Senki, it's just a toy commercial. Yeah, but I mean, it's not even necessarily a good one because well, I mean, it is because I do own a Kyokai Senki gunpla kit. Oh well, there you but, go. <laughs> like, look, it's a cool robot, okay? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I I I just don't know because it's it's. Because I guess the thing is like I think the the, the thing I I feel with the original Gundam is like it is a toy commercial in the sense that these robots are gleefully placed in front of you, trying to entice you to buy them. But the actual meat and potatoes of like the plot lines themselves and what the characters say to each other is still like very much not not necessarily oriented towards an adult audience, but it is oriented towards a more. Um, sophisticated. There are actual like mature themes and yeah, things yeah. going yes, on. Right? Yes, it's that's, not that's just, a good like, way to put it. It's not just go punch the bad guy, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess I really I really don't I really don't know what they were setting out to do with Kyokai Senki. Like I think I think that's the thing. Like mm-hmm. I'm not saying look, I don't want every mecha anime to be a Gundam. Like I I really don't. I mean, not even every Gundam is a Gundam. <laughs> right, but I there's definitely a part of me that looks at Kyokai Senki and is almost like, you know, if you just put these resources towards making a Gundam... It'd be, it'd it, be a way better use of them. It couldn't have been worse than Kyokai Senki, at least. Yeah. I mean... I don't like, know, man. They, they could have just made this exact show except call it, like, Gundam something something warrior at the borderline. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Eero... Don't you see? But you see, because, you know, I, I don't know if you've seen it, Iro, but I think I've seen the light with Kyokai Senki in a ways, because... Yeah. Do you know what Kyokai Senki represents? The, the new floor. Yes! <laughs> we have a new floor for the Glorio era. It used to right. be Gundam Build Divers. Our old rule used to be that, well... If it's not worse than Gundam Build Divers, we gotta watch it well, to completion. Whatever. Now uh, that we watched Kyokai Seki to completion, Iro, think of how many more bad mecha anime we can watch to completion now. Yeah. Is there anything? Is there anything? <laughs> the world is our oyster. Is there uh-huh. anything more 2022 than? Well, I guess the previous worst thing ever wasn't actually the worst thing ever because this new thing is the worst thing ever. But surely there will be no new worst thing ever, right? <laughs> well, surely nothing will be this bad I mean, ever but again. Iro, we saw this in we saw this in action because remember there was a time when Kyokai Senki and eighty six aired in the same season, and then we liked eighty six. An anime oh, we previously happen. didn't like. Right. Just by comparison. <laughs> Kyokai Senki now allows us to like more anime. Great, great <laughs> everything. Great, great everything on a curve. Uh, yeah, sure. I've got, I've got one last question. My though. standards are, yeah, my standards are lowering faster than <laughs> my mind is deteriorating. You're right. Same thing. Aqua, what were you going to say, had... Aqua? I got one last yeah. question. It's just you mentioned that they wrapped everything up really hastily. Did they pull the plug on this? Was there supposed to be a third core? Mm, Who knows? No, I don't. I I don't. I will say this about the last episode. Like there is enough budget put into it that it doesn't feel like the the story of or the narrative content covered in the last episode does not feel like it was invented out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um. 
I think it is left, like, just slightly open-ended enough that I don't think they were planning on a Season 2, but they leave the door just ajar enough that had Kyokai Senki become the, like, next mega hit for, mm-hmm. for Bandai... They could have done more easily. They, right? they could have done more, yes. Right, yeah. All right. But I'm glad they didn't. <laughs> Let me That's, be clear. Uh, as far as we know... <laughs> Let's, uh, we can now move on and pretend that show never happened. Uh, (laughs) great. Yes. Let's, let's move on to, uh, the second half of the geopolitical power hour and talk about Legend of the Galactic Heroes, which again, this is going to be continuing for years to come. So really this Uh is just a... Where did we leave off? Another another yeah. stop on the road. Like, another stop pretty, on the road. Su- pretty surprised they're in this for the long haul. Like they're it kind of seems like they the are. Entire thing. Yeah. 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 Like it, it would be. I mean, it's like the thing of like they could have stopped at the first season, but now that they've kept going, it's like, well, you can't stop now. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Like the, I, I. Well, where 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 did we and where did they cut it off? Basically. <laughs> this is point. the craziest fucking thing. It is uh-huh. not this is insane. the first season of the show. Wait. Okay, okay, I'm just double checking. The OVA does not end season two on the cliffhanger, right? Like no, I'm it... saying the first very first oh, season of yes. DNT ended on a cliffhanger. Yes, okay, yeah. They literally end they literally end DNT on Yang getting back to Geiersburg. Mm-hmm. Oh, well like... the fight's still going? Yeah! <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's big a choice. Cliffhanger is like <laughs> like what... Kemp just said yeah. I think I have to ram Iserlone with Geiersberg. Oh, and that's then it a choice. <laughs> right. Okay. It's, it's kind of definitely one of those Welp, I guess we ran out of episodes and <laughs> this is another one of those things not unlike Digimon Adventure Try where in Japan it is being released as like movies movie yeah. form and then is being recut in some fashion for broader release on Crunchyroll, and, uh... Right. It's a really weird place to cut, I think. I uh, would agree. That makes it even weirder, in a way. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because if this is what a movie ends on, that's even weirder than it right, would like, right. It's, like, right before the climax of this entire space battle, and... Well, yeah. I don't understand why you would cut it there. Right, even, because... Even like, if you're of... making more, for sure, it's just, like, what's the fucking point. It's, it's very strange because Geiersberg is kind of meant to be the release valve for season two. Like, right. you know, for those familiar with the original, you know, legendary 1988 science fiction OVA, um, like, Yang is dragged into the, you know, his, like, his inquisition, right, the inquiry, where he has to deal with all these, like, mm-hmm. shit heel pencil-pushing bureaucrats needling him about the most, like, pointless minutiae and questioning his patriotism and his commitment to democracy. And then Geiersberg is kind of meant to be the release valve of, like, man, like, this democracy sure is falling apart. Do you want to go watch this man just, like, murder literally a million fascists? <laughs> and the answer right. is yeah <laughs> yeah we do <laughs> and, and yeah so it's this weird thing of season two ends on well we just murdered about two hundred thousand fascists there's about eight hundred thousand to go and it makes it a very weird place to end it thematically it's like you 
I don't want to just go as far as say it feels like it's blue balling you, but it's yeah, it's it's, it's, yeah. it's very odd because you don't get a climax. Is really the thing. Like yeah. it, it just it just ends. And yeah, I think uh, also very funny is Crunchyroll's version has still has the next time, next time. Oh yes, you know, yeah. Ep- Fortress versus Fortress Part Four: The Conclusion, and then right, the, and then like. like Two weeks later, I'm like, hey, I, um, two weeks later, I'm like, oh, that was the last episode of the season. Right. It's like it's... with Birdie Wing. No, it really feels like they pulled the Birdie Wing of part four. See you next year. Yeah. <laughs> do yeah. we do we know when it's coming back? I'm not sure. No, I, I know that it, it will have, have be. They, They've put out trailers. They never really and stuff. like. They don't really announce that very far ahead of time, right? It just, no, like, it's um. Hey, we're back. Yeah, so the um, movies will air, and then eventually yeah. you'll hear about the TV rebroadcast. That's the thing, right? Because the TV rebroadcast is sort of dependent on when they air the movies, and that's a whole, like, right. other so can it of worms. Might, like, it's, it might not be for, like, the rest of the year, right? Like, it might could be, be. I guess. into January so, or something. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a weird situation. I mean, you know, D&T itself is still, yeah. you know, enjoyable for the reasons that the Legend of the Galactic Heroes is an enjoyable story. Mm-hmm. You know, you've probably heard us harp on it enough times at this point, but, you know. No, tell me more. It's <laughs> Well, I have a podcast for you. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, it's... it's um. So, okay, so the, move, the, the next block of movies will be this fall. Uh, okay, so, so okay. probably next year, then. Yeah. Probably either either fall or winter year. for uh, the next season, I would assume. Yeah. It sort of depends on how on how crunchy nego- negotiates those rights, right? Like I think so, yeah. Yeah, it could also get that they get the rights to the movies and like cut them up themselves or something, like they did I... try. Huh. I guess so. Yeah. I. Hmm. I wonder how that works, but but yeah. I don't. Long story short, it's still that story. It's still those characters. It's still those themes, and <clears throat> you know, I, I, I again, right? You know, I think the OVA still tends to do it a little bit better than DNT, but I think DNT is still a a fine portrayal of that story. Yeah. And I guess in this case, it's not like uh, there isn't a 30 to 40 year old version of it that exists that you would know what's going to happen anyway, right? So, like, <laughs> right, right. it's it's like the, it's a cliffhanger. It, it's a cliffhanger, but also, like, it's out there, know, like, right, you know, like, right, like, like the yeah. question that always comes to mind with this kind of stuff is, like, when you already have a very well regarded almost untouchable adaptation why make a new one like what's the point yeah we we, we got into this Some pretty heavy a couple episodes ago yeah yeah Some I, I, yeah i think kids out there will look at hand drawn animation and say that looks so old. Look, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna blame the children entirely because I think you know I think we did I think we You're said right, we, we talked about this last parents. time when Zig asked but like I think it really is just you know it is an old show and uh, some people just don't have a taste for it right like yeah. I think I think the original Gundam is legitimately hard to watch it's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's yeah. old as hell, man. It doesn't look great in a lot of spots. And and, and, yeah. and the, the, the OVA, the, the 1988 OVA, doesn't necessarily look that rough, but it is an older story. It is a, mm-hmm. a, a bit of a drier story in some regards. Uh, yeah. But is, is this version less dry? Well, it, it's pretty uh, at least Yeah, visually, it's, it's, there's a shiny coat of paint. I guess. There's yeah. a shiny coat of paint on it, as particularly with like the action and stuff. I yeah. feel like the maybe the character work is 
maybe a bit drier, but the like my impression, the actual this, like this feels like a more clinical, distant version of the story. Than yeah, the like the, but the, but the actual like space battles feel much more like you know flushed out dynamic. and yeah. dynamic. And it, I know, guess having someone much on the soundtrack instead of stock classical music also works. Ah, uh, I don't know. I miss I miss the classical music. I really, that's yeah, not a criticism. Like, I'm just saying yeah, that like, sure it helps does, making it flash. I I truly do miss hearing Bolero play as we just oh I love Bolero fascists by the yeah, fistful. There, there's a, there's a mood to the original OVA <laughs> yeah. that I, is very difficult uh, to recreate. But uh, uh, yeah. I, I think, I think when, when you're talking about source material that old, I don't think there's necessarily anything against, you know, doing a new take. Because, because it's been long enough that you can sort of distance the two. Like, yeah. like DNT does not, does not like, uh, uh, um, invalidate the OVA, right? It's been so long, right, that the two might as well be their own entirely separate interpretations. This is like a this is like a David Lynch Dune versus Denis Villeneuve Dune situation. That's actually not a bad it's not a bad <laughs> comparison in a lot of ways. Like Villeneuve's Dune is less weird, it's maybe less personal. Right. But there's also a polish and a style to it right. that is hard to deny. That's sort of what I was going for. Like the the, yeah. the, 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 the like like the David Lynch Dune it's the OVA has a kind of like wacky personal edge to it, whereas the more modern version is more clinical and and sort of like distant, but also more flashy. Yeah, I, I believe yeah. that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looks so, like a perfume commercial, as people have sometimes <laughs> yeah, that, Wow, that is very accurate. Boy. But uh, yeah, uh, I guess we'll, we'll look forward we'll look forward to more DNT next yeah. year. Alright. We do got to keep it moving here, so let's talk about um, Dance Dance Dancer. Um, so how did this one wrap up? So I, you know, I talked a lot about how I hate the main guy, and I still yes. do. So uh, perhaps mercifully, the final stretch of episodes focuses on the other two main characters a bit more, which uh, I actually liked quite a bit. Wait, so um, with the other two main characters, you mean the rival and the girl? Yes. Okay, so, so the girl is actually a main character. Yes. Usually, usually in she stories build... like this, she's like the designated love interest and then doesn't do anything. That's kind of what has happened up to now, but she right. has been technically billed as one of the main characters. And okay, so they, they get into their backstory, which is connected because they are half-cousins, which I think is the best term for what they are. Huh, okay. um, distant relatives. But well, it's distant. not not that distant. Uh, so <laughs> it's it's this. They have the same. The connection is they have the same grandmother, which means their mothers are half sisters, which makes yes. them half cousins. Um, same grandmother, different grandfather. Um, and yeah, you know, if the, I, I think probably my favorite thing that the series does is they do develop the characters with a lot of like layers and nuance to them. So like even the main guy, he's, he's annoying and everything, but there is nuance to him. Like, like you can see how he got to be who he is and where he's going. And even if I don't like him, it, it makes sense. Right. Sometimes he faces consequences for his actions. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, and you know, you can kind of understand and you, you, you know, if we if we give him a little bit of a pass for being a fourteen year old boy mm-hmm. and the, the upbringing that he had, it kind of makes sense. Right. And this was very badly needed for these other two characters. Um, and 
they do a good job of it. I guess my only thing is this doesn't happen until like the last like three episodes. Right. And um they get into like yeah, they, they get into their backstory and like they've kind of hinted a little bit about the other guy, um, who you know, apparently was raised by his abusive grandmother and they get more into detail of that. It gets pretty dark in some spots actually, but, but it works, it works pretty well in, in finally kind of developing his character. And, you know, the other girl, it was like her mother was trying to get custody of him, but it took like years for that to happen. So she would like sneak in and, and hang out with him when they were kids. And, you know, they basically come to the conclusion of like their, their relationship is like so much, stronger and more important than whatever's going on with Junpei, the main guy that like, right. that's, you know, the, even though the, even though things kind of got shooken up from the last time I was talking about how like the main guy sprung the confession on the girl and tried to kiss her and all that. And it seemed like they were going to start dating or whatever. And they kind of just like realize, Oh no, that's, <laughs> that's not really what any, anybody actually, yeah. this is not what anybody actually wants. They were just kind of like caught up in the moment. Right. And like the, mm-hmm. like the the other two have this actual like real relationship built over years of time. He's still gonna end up with the girl, though. Like, well, the character here's the, is still gonna here's end the th- up with her. Here's the problem. Well, here's one of many problems, but here's yeah. the <laughs> the final problem. The show just ends. It's eleven yeah, episodes. Oh. They they do the backstory, and the conclusion is, you know, it's not gonna work out with the main guy. And he's like, well, I'm going to then just go off to this other fancy school that I got the scholarship from and, you know, part ways huh. with them. And well, the manga's still ongoing, though. Yeah, and so it's it's interesting. It, it, it's definitely uh, a how-do-you-adapt manga to an anime question, or probably several questions here. Mm-hmm. You know, for one, like I, like I said, I feel like the, this background story needed to happen a lot sooner if you were going to end the story in 11 episodes and i can see how in the manga this would still be fairly early in the story and it would make sense but in an 11 episode anime like okay now i care about these characters in episode 10 and 11 and then we're just gonna end the episode five minutes end the series five minutes later like i i don't know if there was some way to adapt at least parts of this earlier so that I could start to care earlier. Yeah. And then there's the ending, which is like, as, as, as far as I've seen so far, there's been no announcement of a season two or anything like that. So like, this is, this is for now the ending. I think that's um, a problem when you're adapting a manga, especially a shonen manga, hmm, or yeah. at least like with shonen manga, I mean a manga that is in like that ecosystem of the weekly shonen magazines, which are very organic things that constantly change and shift based on editorial decisions and, and, and on right. reader input. And then when you just yeah. adapt something like that from the start and you just literally tell the story the way it is told in the manga, it's going to look very weird, especially yeah. within the framework of an 11 episode anime where you're supposed it to almost becomes like it almost becomes like this is a commercial to read the manga, right? Right. So, I, yeah, think, I mean, yes, because that's what it is. <laughs> that like, is, yes. That yeah, is. I mean, I know, I know in, pra- in, in practice, yes, that's really what it is. But, um, you know, I, it does, it, it's, it's, it's a question that doesn't always have a good answer of like, do right. you bend the story to fit the time that you have and ma- try to make something that's good as a standalone product? Or do you say, look, there's no way we can yeah. 
really patch this without totally rewriting the story. We just kind of tell thing, what right? we can tell. You need a director with some kind of artistic vision. Like I always think of Wandering Sun, where they adapt, they start like thirty chapters into the manga and then only adapt the most important part, the most important right. arc. Like the the manga starts in, in in elementary school, but they only adapt the middle school portion of the manga for the anime. Hmm. Yeah. So, but that's a and rare I, occasion, of course, because like usually as director, you don't get much to say. You know, some big way yeah. from, from a publisher will say you're going to make a man- an anime out of this. You know, and, and, and make I sure can, people want to read the manga. It's hard because I can see why they chose the whole back. Like, there's there's plot reasons why their backstory comes out, and without those plot reasons, they would have to like invent another reason to talk about mm-hmm. it, right? So. I could see why it's a, it's a tough decision to do that. I just feel like if we're if I'm judging this as a standalone piece, eleven episodes of an anime, it feels very incomplete. Right. And, but and it and it, it is a little frustrating because I, I do see some like really nice pieces developing, and we just don't have time to do that now. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So I mean, overall, I I have kind of mixed feelings. I think. On the series, um, it there, you know there are a lot of things like the character work and everything, a lot of nice pieces, and I just I feel like maybe it just doesn't work in an, as an eleven episode anime. So mm-hmm. maybe it's you know people should check out the manga instead. <laughs> I don't know. Are you gonna tune in if this returns for a second season? I, I might. I would at least give it another couple episodes. Uh, you know, I I I think. It has the potential to go in interesting places, and you know, I, I do think it has done enough. Like, it's built up enough goodwill with me to where I would at least give right, it a chance. Right. Because that's but always whether... an important question to me. Because if you're like, yeah, that's the perfect litmus test of do you still care after all this time? I see. Yeah, part of me, again. part of me still cares enough. Yeah, to where I would be willing to give it some more time. So we'll see. I mean, I don't, I don't know how popularity wise it's done or whatever all we know for now is that there is no announcement but maybe there will be at some point who knows they don't always announce these things immediately yeah. after a show ends so it turns out there's a lot of bureaucracy involved <laughs> like... yeah so we'll see all right well boy it's speaking of <laughs> something something that uh is not ending, unfortunately. Yeah, and speaking of a show that just does sort of just stop. Like, yeah, I wouldn't really say it ends. They announced it's the just... second half. For yeah, well, we do. I mean, we yes, do it was, know. It's always going to be split core. We got to maximize yeah. engagement by dropping the new series in two halves, so yeah. we can binge both halves. You Let's know talk what? About... I think that in the future, Netflix is going to come up with a revolutionary new system where they drop an entire season, one episode per week at a time oh, wow. to maximize engagement so you can binge uh, one episode every week yeah <laughs> this is uh, gonna be the future people i'm telling you well <laughs> let's tell everybody what we're talking about we're talking about tiger yeah. and bunny part two season two whatever it's called um <sighs> so oh, all right I, I... all right all right so we have long been predicting that uh this was gonna the drop happen. would happen I thought the drop happened last time. It, it did, and it, it kept it, dropping. It, it was like last time. It was like they were climbing over the edge and like dangling right. their feet. You were like, "Oh, and, this is like the standard turn to plot stuff." And now, and now, and now they stuff. have 
let go of the ledge. Right. And now, and now <laughs> yeah. it's when you realize where, oh no, this is not just the standard block and stuff that I don't it's, want. This it's is like, it's bad. Like, yeah, and it's not <laughs> like, like Tiger and Bunny even like jumps off the cliff or like does a pose. It kind of like, or, like backs even, down a little bit and like, it just kinda like, like scurries sl- down a little bit and then lets go. Yeah, yeah it just kind of like slumps over and then just lets, lets gravity take it. Like, yeah. It's unbelievably. It doesn't so much jump the shark as it crashes into the shark. Yeah, it's it's unbelievably disappointing. I wish how much I wish they Tiger jumped Bunny... the shark, but yeah, yeah was... jumping the shark would have been more interesting because Tiger and Bunny season two once again falls into the classic trap it has always struggled with of the main villain gets introduced and the story sort of doesn't know what to do with itself anymore, and yeah. This is further exacerbated by the last batch of episodes of this half of Tiger and Bunny really suffer from, like, budget or time or manpower issues. Like, it just, it's it looks bad, like, all around, both the 2D and the CG. Like, the thing you could say about the original Tiger and Bunny is, like, for its time, the CG was fairly decent. Um, yeah. And they at least leaned into it and embraced it. And here, it just... It all just kind of doesn't look very good. Um, for, uh, I mean, because this is a sunrise joint, right? This hardly happens with sunrise. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Sunrise. <laughs> uh, they, let's let's not pretend sunrise. Give look. Yeah, all of okay, the money just, went to kill Kaisenki. Well, let's all of the money point. went to Birdie Wing. I don't know. Okay, okay, you know what? Actually, I'm gonna be real. I don't know where Sunrise's money is going. I actually don't know. I know they have a lot of money. Making I giant. Cannot... Uh, making giant Gundam statues. I think it's course. going to the One One Gundam. I think that's what, where it's yeah. going because I don't know. Like Cuckoo's Doan's Island, which we watched the other week, was did look good. I will give it that, but it still relied on CG and the 2D sections looked immaculate. Which had us wondering why didn't the whole movie just animate in 2D? Um, because all the 2D sections were done by Yasuhiko personally, and that dude's yes, old I know, and I know, busted. <laughs> I know the man's like seventy nine million. I get it, but like. <laughs> Um. All right. Yeah, so I don't. Tiger I don't know because all all of the sunrise shows have like weirdly low budget. This is. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. But so yeah. Tiger so, yeah. I mean, on top of it looking bad, though, like the plot is also bad. Like right, it's... the plot is bad. Like so, for a brief summary, the plot has basically been that these two twins that we've called Adam and Eve. Uh, you know, there's like they're like they're, they're, they're like, literally Adam and Eve from Nearer Automata, you know? right? Yes, Adam and Eve you know. slash Hansel and Gretel from Black Lagoon slash sure, the two that... twins from Blood Blockade Battlefront, you know, yes, mysterious yes, very... light hair twins. But... Yes, the anime loves that shit, right? And so they're basically going around beating the shit out of all the superheroes in the world, right? And it's like, oh, what are they up to? And it's connected to, like, the Ouroboros, which is this overarching plot conspiracy from season one that also wasn't very good back then. And... The thing that's really frustrating about it, because, again, it leans into this Ouroboros conspiracy, like, like they're like the Illuminati of this world or something, is, like, it just ends up serving as a, like, catch-all reason for why the villains are doing villainous things, but as a result, it uses it as a crutch so they never have to give actual motivations to the villains. Yeah, there's, there's literally the no reason themselves. why any of this is happening. Like, like, like the evil twins, you know, they're asked, like, why are you doing this? And they're just like, because we were told to. And then they just beat up the heroes. And it's like, that's it, huh? Oh, okay, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, they they do the thing of, like, they take out a bunch of the heroes out of commission because 
Uh, one of the villains has the ability to petrify people. Um, so instantly, like the most likable members of the cast get removed for the end of the season. So all that's left are Tiger, Bunny, and the new generation of heroes. Of course. And the new generation of heroes suck. Yes, and I don't as we have mean, long established. Yes. Like not I don't even just mean they suck as characters. They suck as heroes. Yes, they're actually like, bad on screen, yes. Like Like they Look, I'm no look, I I'm I'm sure she's trying her best, but Magical Cat just kinda sucks. Like she drops the ball and I don't know time how she I don't know how they, they allowed her to get to on the superhero hero? team. Like, yeah. I yeah, I don't know, like like yeah, I don't know if she just like lied on her resume or something. But it's like, her th- her thing is like so she has like water powers, right? Yeah. But yeah, she's a waterbender. But whenever she gets into like actual action, she gets too scared to use her power. And I'm like Right, because they're tied to her emotions or something. And I'm like I'm like this didn't come up before you sent her out to fight bad guys. Yeah, like, also, she's a twelve-year-old girl. Yeah, so, she's also like, like a twelve-year-old girl who gets punched a lot in this. Yeah, they really like. <laughs> I'm surprised how often she got punched. It's, it's a little weird. I guess it's almost like I guess it's equal opportunity ass beatings. I guess. I, I, mean, I also didn't think I also didn't think she was the only one who's going to catch a body at the end of all this. But we'll, yeah, right. I was not <laughs> expecting her to have a body count by the end of this, which is like wow. Wow. All right. I guess she. But but yeah, it's like. Man, I don't just the care like, you know. Look, Tiger and Bunny like they're still good, but like they leave us with good, the worst supporting but, cast. But yeah, they they they're given nothing to work with, and the the final fight in the season is like the like <laughs> gel. Does it not feel weird that the last fight is basically a bunch of dudes with broken arms like limply? like shoving each other around and falling over like it's the most pathetic sad looking fight in the world and they drag it out for like an episode and a half of of people just with like broken limbs trying to nudge each other yeah uh, and it's like the final battle like you could do something about you could do something with the premise of ah these heroes even with their bodies broken their spirit you know keeps fighting you you can do that like, like one time Right? Not for like two episodes in yes. a row. Like it feels like a pro wrestling match where like Kotetsu is like gets knocked down at the beginning of the episode, and 17 minutes later he's still on the ground, like I'm trying to get right. up. Like they occasionally cut to him trying to get up and then falling back down. It's like oh my god, just yeah, just get it's... it over with. Oh my, it, it's it's it's. It's really like bad. I, I could I could have almost have forgiven it if we had at least gotten one last cool tiger and bunny like double punch super attack right. or something. But like we don't even get that. It's just it's just it's like <laughs> so chill. See, are you telling me you are willing to tolerate bad plot and stupid characters as long as the main characters get to do their cool signature move? Have you heard of a franchise called Common Rider? <laughs> <laughs> really? Tell me more about Fair these uh, cool final attacks. Yeah. Um, no, it, it, it was, I think, the and the, the final, like, just pull my hair out, facepalm, whatever, was they try to, like, make the bad guys sympathetic at the very end. Right, because it's revealed that Mads Mikkelsen adopted these twins when they were out on the street and had nobody else, and how he, like, gave them a home and... A family and a sense of belonging, and it's like you, you're still killing people, like right. you're... <laughs> and you're and you're 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 pulling this ass pull out, like literally as they're dying, right? Yeah, like, for, they've they've been like all the damage has already been done. We don't care at this point. Like, like Kotetsu and... literally pulls a, 
you know, you guys were weird, but you sure were the strongest opponent. No, they killed a lot of people. And it's like, Kotetsu, what are you doing? Like, I mean, I know he's got his hero. Look, Kotetsu has always been the most guilty of the whole, like, if you kill the villain, you become just like them. But, like, come on, dude. Like, he literally, like... The twins literally, like, grab one of the heroes in this fight, and, like, one of them, like, stretches out his, stretches out the hero's arm, and the other curb stomps the hero's elbow backwards. Like, and, and Kotesu's like, huh? and Kotesu's talking to these guys like it was a good sparring match. Like... Right. Um, w- one final stupid thing. <laughs> so, so that one of the, one of the twins' powers is that he can, like, absorb energy and then reverse it back to you as an attack right that's why he's yeah. so unstoppable so uh-huh the, the 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 heroes figure this out and they stop attacking him so his brother just pulls out a gun and starts shooting <laughs> right yes and i'm like i'm like we've proven guns are actually pretty effective on these heroes why did you just shoot the guy? i mean that's yeah, not stupid right? that's smart <laughs> oh uh, like it's it's just like the it's so like I feel like so little thought was put into how to construct this fight. It yeah, no, like, it, it really truly It's like, does here's feel... your... It was, a, it was just taking a bunch of action hero dolls and throwing them in a pile and smashing them together, Except right? Except like, that would be fun if at least the smashing the, the, the dolls into each other looked good and was entertaining. Right. But it, it was, was the oh, dolls you liked and oh, not great. the dolls that... Like, are piled up in the bargain bin selection of Toys R Us. Stop talking about Thunderbolt Fantasy G. Nobody's buying Mr. Black toys, alright? Nobody's buying He is Thomas figures. I guarantee you, those are shelf warmers. Mm -hmm. I I literally saw the Mr. Black uh, figure arts going on sale on HLJ. uh, Who's gonna buy that? Nobody's buying that. Mr. Black sucks! Can't wait to pick up my He is Thomas Funko Pop for cheap from, like, a... GameStop oh, in five months. Half price of GameStop, <laughs> right? Yeah. No. Christ. So, I mean, perhaps the worst part of all is that we have another block of episodes, which they set up at the end of this. Yes. With it, with yet another equally cartoonish, ridiculous villain. Yes. We don't know anything about him, really, other than they tried to inject him with this um, superhero serum stuff. Yeah. And he just ended up murdering everybody, and he looks like the most, like... I don't know, G, how would you describe him? Like He's just, like, the most cliche bad guy, like, escaped yeah. convict. Like, he's got long, shaggy hair and a beard and angry, sunken eyes, and he's got a grimace, and he's like, hee, 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 I love murder. I sure love murdering, <laughs> yep. And there's just, like, I am so not looking forward to any more of this. I, yeah, I'm just, you know, at this point, I'm almost like, I, I don't know, like, I... The only, if, if, the only like, potential positive, like, because they're probably going to do the same thing they always do now at this point, because it's been around long enough where we have the pattern, yes. right? They're going to, we're going to take a break. Do another six out. episodes of, like, we're... fun, slice of life, office comedy filler. Right. We did, we get the, we did get the dramatic bit at the end when the director burns his dissolution of the buddy system folder so that we uh-huh, know yeah. that, that we're keeping everybody together. And we'll probably have a couple fun episodes at the beginning of next season before we get back to the, the hot plot. garbage of yeah. the plot. And I don't know, man. I I, I, I wish <laughs> Tiger and Bunny could figure it out. I really do. Because I think back to those early episodes, you know, freaking the pee-pee water and, 
and and Golden Ryan thinks that Blue Rose is going to team up with Kotetsu and forces Barnaby to to spy with him or like Fire Emblem and like it, I feel worry like... he's not good enough for for Sky. It's like it's just the show. It's like it, it, the writers have such a good like natural understanding of like fun, likable, natural dialogue. Except when they feel like they need to introduce conflict, and then it all falls apart. If they get, if they even get like remotely serious, it just doesn't work. And yeah, like I, I feel like I, I just what kind of diminishes any hope with me is I feel like they set out to make like a superhero inspired anime, and in the process, they stumbled upon those things that we think are good, but I don't think they intended necessarily for that to be the good part. Oh man, that's always that's always the fear, right? Is the, that the anime I, you I thought, think you thought they knew what they were doing? I and don't then you think find they out know they were doing it on accident. I don't think they know what their strengths are. Is what I'm trying oh, to say. Like man. I feel like they're they're like, yeah, we're making a superhero anime. There's gonna be big battles and all this stuff, and I'm like you would actually be better served to just make this an office comedy, right? Yeah, like that right. would be, that's your strong point, but I don't yeah, think totally. there's ever going to see it that way. Cause I don't think that's the, the mission statement of tiger. and Bunny, Right. Right. I, I think we should move on. But the last thing I will say, uh, gel, do you remember that one segment in like the penultimate episode where like the two twins are like kicking? He is Thomas while he's on the ground. And it's just like the worst looking CG animation I think I've ever seen. Yeah, like I'm pretty in, sure I remember what you're talking about. Like yeah. it's like Golden Kamui CG bear levels of yeah, bag. yeah. I think I think I remember that. It it, it looks you know what? I actually actually know it. Gel Gel, do you know what that 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 animation looked like of them kicking he is Thomas? It looked like the same level quality of CG animation as what you get from those deranged mobile ads we've been talking about. Lately. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like it's that. <laughs> Yes. Like, From kick the... he is Thomas, and then harvest Thomas's bones to build a fort, and then use that fort to build... <laughs> yes, it's from the from the Tiger come... and Bunny uh, mobile game, right? Uh... Come, and, yeah. come and play, my lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yes. I think that's... that's Don't let your wife catch you playing this... Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we need to move on. Yes, well, speaking of mobile game ads... Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about <laughs> Anime of the Year, Birdie Wing, Golf Birdie Girl Story. motherfucking which, wing. Thank, thank, thanks, all thanks to the gods of anime that season two was announced. Hell um, yes. It will be returning in January, so it's going to be a long right. six months waiting for that. But uh, I will say that with this final stretch of episodes, my opinion would be very different had they not announced season two, <laughs> I mean, yes. yeah, it literally doesn't end. It's, it, it, right. I mean, even like a before lot of like, shows this season, so I, I guess even my point have a was next like, episode preview. Like, yeah. yeah, I guess my point is, even before we got to the ending, we kept saying, "There's no way, there's no way, this is one season, right?" Like, we kept saying that because, you know, the the second the second half does dial down. They go to golf school, and it does kind of dial down the the ridiculousness a bit, right? Like. And I, I would have been disappointed if if they if they wrapped it up there, which obviously they didn't. But I'm just saying, I can tolerate that because if we're going to pace this over the course of 24 episodes or something, then yes. Right. Um, that said, that said, this last episode also literally just ends. Like it just yeah, they're yes. still in the middle of the tournament. I, I was just like, saying. I, I it's guess it's not was, even I, like a thematically conclusive place to end. It's just it ends. That, that would yeah. imply Birdie Wing has themes. I was I was just <laughs> thinking in the whole like back half, like 
I was getting a little concerned. Like, is this all we're getting? Right. Like, is, is it? And but, I would I would have been disappointed if that were the case, which it isn't. Yeah. But, but you know, it is that thing of like, even if it is a weird place to end, I think the strengths of that show still come through, even at the end, right? Yeah. Like, I think I really truly love, and I. I don't know if like domestic Japanese like people and writers are like aware of this this phenomenon or if the writer is and is specifically leaning into it when writing Eve. But I truly do love that Eve once she comes to Japan is in fact just written as like the the personal embodiment of the Gaijin smash mindset <laughs> of just here yeah. comes yeah. This American just going wherever she wants because she has no clue about Japanese like customs, casual kissing people. Right, I'm just gonna kiss people, and I'm gonna tell people I'm going to kill them in golf. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> wear a... weird clothes wherever I go. I'm just gonna think... ask girls out on dates. Uh-huh. Like I don't yeah. care. I'm just gonna you know I'm bored, so I'm gonna go ask some girls out on dates. I need money, it's... so I'm gonna go ask these girls. Out yeah, on a date. you know, and it's just like. <laughs> There's there's something un, 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 unbelievably deranged about how Eve behaves in in Japan. That like you know we're just so used to watching anime and anime characters who tend to be Japanese. That uh-huh. like even a lot of ways, as insane and deranged as she is, almost feels like maybe the most realistic portrayal of a. <laughs> I'm a foreigner in Japan. She's the perfect embodiment of the female himbo. Not a bimbo, a female <laughs> I was about himbo. to say! <laughs> yes, there's a difference. No, 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 yeah. there's a clear difference between a bimbo and a female himbo. Okay, see, I was about to go the other way around and say that Eve is the personal embodiment of the Stacy. Right. Who is often considered the female the counterpart to, yes. to the Chad, the Giga Chad, is the Giga Stacy. Right. Um... Yes, she, she. Whether she's powering through uh, the golf course or uh, powering through uh, all the girls at school with her uh, <laughs> sexuality, uh, yes, she's just dominating everything. But yeah. yeah, I. It does make me wonder if, like, especially, it can't just be me, right? Because I mean, obviously, the subtext has been here this whole show, right? I'm gonna penetrate you with my rainbow bullet, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> Does it feel like in the last episode, it's like they were just like, fuck it, let's just yes. ratchet the, oh, no, they dialed it up. the way up? Mm-hmm. They like, dialed it up, yeah. Like, I, I practically, I'm like, practically have expecting Eve is just going to say in season two, like, I'm going to fuck you in golf. If we win this match to, to motivate Aoi, right? Like, One could uh, even argue that Eve is the embodiment of the more libertine Western approach to sexuality. Whereas these, whereas these traditional Onesama girls, girls high school ladies... Oh, who are like man. the who are like the, the the rivals in this episode, and she swoops in and destroys their puritanical view of, oh, lesbian sexuality needs to be kept in the closet and it needs to be all flowery languages and and class S and onesama and she's just gonna swoop on in and kiss her girlfriend and kill people in golf and it's all just <laughs> it's all just a message about how Japan needs to learn from the libertine society of the West. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've discovered the true meaning of birdie wing. I, 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 Happy I, Pride I, Month! Uh, <laughs> Happy God, Pride just, to them. What a uh, yeah, just what an utterly delightful show from start to finish. I mean, I think 
I think we all maybe wished it had kept up the energy of the Mafia arc, but I think that once, even here in Japan, even now that she's at, you know, golf school and in this tournament, I do think they have found ways to keep it delightfully entertaining, you know, even if the stakes are way lower. And, you know, the PV for Season 2 does show the Mafia lady. Yeah, yeah. we'll be getting back to that. I do hope, because we have had two very distinct birdie wings in this season, I do hope we get two more very distinct birdie wings. Kind of like how how Great Pretender had like four different arcs, but all of them were (laughs) good. Could you you imagine if the next season airs in January, and the freaking, this U15 girls tournament just ends in the first episode? Yeah, right. And it's just like, alright, Eve, what's next? And then they go to, like, Siberia or Golfing in the United Arab Emirates. (laughs) Oh, God. But, um... Yeah. All right, I got two things I got to ask you guys since we're here. I want to, well, you guys, I need you guys to put this, put this to paper. Okay. All right. So first, in the PV for season two, two firearms are shown in the PV. Yes. A shotgun and a rifle. And now we have seen firearms portrayed in Birdie Wing before, mainly in the revolver used to symbolize Eve loading the bullets, her oh, rainbow yeah. bullet. So don't, one don't could forget assume... the gun that kills Rose. <laughs> You're right, and the RPG that kills the politician. Jesus yes. Christ. So we have had both literal and metaphysical <laughs> and metaphorical guns. You could yes, say you could say guns. that people both get killed in golf and in real life. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so those two guns in the PV. Now one could look at those and be like, hmm, maybe those are metaphorical guns meant to represent Eve's golfing. What if okay. one of those guns is a metaphorical gun, and the other is yeah, just no. a real gun? My, uh-huh. my, my PV... prediction. My prediction, because there's a shotgun and a sniper rifle, I think yeah. the shotgun is going to be metaphorical. Perhaps okay. for the the uh, the is top the girl who is the top girl who has been revealed to be the uh, trained by Aoi's father. And then uh, yes. I think the sniper rifle is going to be the mafia coming after. Uh, yeah, like, is the mafia going to Eve? try and kill Eve during the? Try to kill Eve, and that's I, I that's, I, I that's I, how the caddy girl is going to die. Yeah. Oh my god! She's going to take a bullet. No, for Eve. not her. She's going to see the red dot. She's going to see the red dot and take the bullet. I was was joking about this earlier when the preview aired, but I'm putting down that somebody will fire a gun and somebody will hit a golf ball to deflect the bullet (laughs) like Vaxxie Stampede. Oh, man. I don't know, but if if Caddy Girl dramatically dies in Eve's arms, that would elevate this show to, like... Masterpiece, <laughs> or or like, what if so, so? Like, we have like the begrudging friendship developing between the two caddies. What if they both right. have to sacrifice themselves in some way? Too? I, just, I oh feel like God. I feel like they're gonna die somehow. It's like, I don't oh, jeez, so like a I, double a double kill. In seriousness, I think the guns are are like Eve will have to get her mid season upgrade, and she'll upgrade from like only a revolver to just like every shot. It's a different gun type of gun. <laughs> yeah, all right, that's what I think. Just rainbow like, machine gun. Uh, I was trying to shoot. Like, I was a fool. I was trying to hit the mark with my revolver. What I really need is this rifle. All right. The gonna, rifle or, what, or what if what if Owie also becomes, like, a master of the rainbow like bullets? Yeah. Oh, man. And she gets, like, a sniper rifle because she's more precise or something like that. <laughs> I'm going to put out another trailer speculation here. Um, we do see... What appears to be a young version of Eve, uh-huh. and yes. there's somebody talking in Eve's head. Mm-hmm. Yes, is this a flashback or 
is that the next clone of Eve that's going to be raised to take her right. out? Eve too. Oh man! All right, so here's yeah, they took what, the, I was... they took the rib out and they made it an Eve and oh my yes. god! Oh my god! Making more Eves. Yes. Oh my god, dude, that's actually. Oh my god, Eero, that's actually what they pull off. Like, like that if Eve was created from the rib of Adam, and Eve 2 was created from the rib of Eve 1. Yeah. What if What if Eve 2 was called Lilith? Oh my god! <laughs> alright, 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 fine. The last thing I was gonna say, that... Based on Third that trailer... Effect, baby. Is the trailer perhaps implying that rather than being siblings or clones or whatever... Were even Owie switched at birth? <laughs> oh, that could also be a possibility. The Princess Principal special. <laughs> like, yeah, that could be. Uh... Is, is Eve the true heir to the Athena dynasty? And that real reveal is going to happen, and that's going to both shock Owie because now she doesn't know who she is anymore, and Eve's going to be like, "But that's not who I am. Like, I grew up on the streets. I'm not. We know you're some, not we, my mom. We do have the one shot." Of them parting in the rain, right? Yeah, on right. The rooftop. So something. I don't know, man. Happen. I get the feeling that if there was a twist like this, Eve would just go be be like, "Oh well, whatever, man. Suck my dick in gold." <laughs> uh. well, <laughs> well, I mean, Eve would be that way, but Aoi might not be. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, my my. I mean, the easy prediction for for the 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 raining rooftop scene is the Eve is. Aoi is actually in love with Eve, and Eve is just using her with for uh, right. her own benefit, which they kind of, kind of maybe imply in the in the final episode, right? That but, or Eve is actually a replicant who has gained sentience and needs to be put down, and she's gonna. Talk oh, there is the, there is about... the thing where she ha- the, she, has, she like, has some kind of like on her head. Yeah, and there's 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 a thing in the trailer where she has like a shock moment, almost like a uh, rose. Oh my Dude. god. I've seen so, like, things your people would never believe. Wait, are, this... are we gonna are we gonna do the thing of like Eva's never actually suffered a bodily injury in her life? And so the first <laughs> time she like breaks a limb or her skin gets like scraped off and she finds robo parts underneath. <laughs> yeah. There's so many possibilities. Oh, man. I mean that would be that would be within fake char as the bull's mode is operandi, right? Whatever one of my pupils is defect, I will replace whatever part does not fit with robots. <sighs> yeah, man. I, you know, the, I just, I just can't, I just can't wait for 2023, the year in which the world of golf gets rained in a hail of bullets. Yeah. Okay. I mean, think about my it this predi- way. My prediction is that Coach Amaro is a bad guy, and Coach Char is actually a good guy. Like they do the role reversal. I could see. Well, I, well I think, they've already given Amaro the sympathetic anime disease, anime disease. Yeah, right. Mm. Like he's on borrowed borrowed time here. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It could happen though. Um. Well, with 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 this split, we can now say that Birdie Wing is anime of the year 2022 and 2023. So that's yep, possible. congratulations. And introduce Birdie our Wing. newest feature from now on. Every podcast we're going to talk about our Birdie Wing speculation for half an hour. <laughs> 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 this could, no, but it could be, you know, this could be our first uh, back-to-back uh, anime of the year. 
I feel like we say that every year, and always something happens yeah. that like breaks the curse. Like we were. Me, need I remind you about how confident we were in Ranking of Kings last well, year? Well, no, that was different because we didn't vote for Ranking of Kings last year. I yeah, feel like yeah. we could vote for Birdie Wing this year because of the split. Right. But, uh, yeah, and, oh, poor Ranking of Kings. <laughs> All right, well, anyways, we should probably move on to the next show yeah. here. Let's talk about Aharon San is Indecipherable, which, um... Was it Indecipherable? Ah uh, no, it was very, very cipher decipherable. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yes. Um, no, the uh, this the ending of this was very sweet and somewhat predictable, which is fine. Um, sure, pretty much the, sums up this show, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know I mean, if I, I was guess, expecting yeah. the full blown. We talked about last time they went the full confession route, like, um, which was great, uh, and. Uh, like I said, everything went back to status quo. They did not drop the whole, like, are they dating thing, though. It, it, it then became, like, they're at status quo, but everyone else around them is like, are they dating? <laughs> What's going on? Um, and it turns out and, them dating is just them going about their daily business. Like. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and they still do, they get, they get a couple good more jokes in, like, um, so they go on a date to, like, the mall. And one of the, one of, like, the main jokes is... The main guy, Rido, like he'll he'll see something and like his, his he has like a very overactive imagination and he'll come up with like the most like ridiculous explanation in his head, which then ends up being wrong. It's just like you know normal thing or whatever. So they go to the mall and he sees a sign for a uh, Beyblade tournament, <laughs> and he's like, uh, oh, "What? Man. Let her uh, rip. A Beyblade tournament?" And all uh, right, like he's like he's like, "Oh man." I wonder if Aharon wanted to go to the mall because she's secretly a Beyblade champion and she wants to join this tournament and he like has this whole like montage in his head of her like winning a Beyblade tournament and everything. And cool, so they, cool. they go to the mall and like do normal mall stuff and then she's finally like, okay, it's time. And she is finally one of his crazy theories was correct. <laughs> she was there <laughs> to enter the Beyblade tournament and she wins the tournament. Excellent. Uh, so um, that was pretty good. But no, they kind of wrap it up for their the closest thing that would pass for drama in the show, it's not even really drama, they're still kind of playing it for laughs, was uh, her, uh, Haran's friend, who's kind of like the only actual other character in the show. Her, like, mm -hmm. super protective friend. Yes, her, like, super protective friend or whatever. So when they, when they had the confession at the camp, like, it wasn't still wasn't really clear to everybody what happened, but from her perspective, she thought that Rido broke her heart. And so, after the camping thing, Rido starts noticing, huh, I haven't seen her around. I wonder where she is. And they kind of keep hinting at that for, like, two or three episodes, right? And then finally, at the, like, the end of the penultimate episode, after the credits, they show her friend, like, off in a dojo training with a sword and, like, cutting things <laughs> up. And she's like, I'm going to murder Rido. Uh, all <laughs> right. For, for breaking goals. her friend's heart, right? And, uh... And so she she comes back in the final episode to to confront Rido, and she's like, armed to the teeth, and she's like, "Well, I was going to challenge you to duel, but I would just murder you. You wouldn't stand a chance. So let's play Othello or Reverse Seed or whatever you want to call it. So they, uh -huh. which is a game they've periodically played throughout, right? The game, which is like a running gag in the, the series, show. right? Yeah. So they so they play that for the fate of whatever, and uh, you know, it's it's funny. They clear up the misunderstanding that in fact. They 
the the part where the they had the confession and they like showed their mouth moving without the dialogue they kind of go back and kind of show what they actually said which is you know Aharon tried to confess and then when she couldn't Rido picked up on it and then he decided to confess himself and all was good and everybody everybody ends up happy in the end they've made new friends you know they have some a final kind of sweet moment where they kind of talk about how much they like each other in 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 a way that like I feel like in a lot of anime romance like the 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 romance is very superficial like yes i like, like you because you picked up my ham- handkerchief yes. one time or whatever right and we are in actually... love because we are the designated main character what's the classic right. line like because you were nice to me or something yeah. yes you showed me some basic human decency mm-hmm. and Don't come I, to school i've been in love with you right and and no they actually have like legitimate reasons for for right. liking each other right sure and, like that has been expressed throughout the course of the, the 12 episodes so in a Which way it's also like also a strength of a show we'll talk about later <laughs> well yes oh we'll, we'll get into that but uh the so you know in a way on paper it's very simple and straightforward and um perhaps predictable but at the same time i feel like that level of relationship is extremely rare in anime right to where you have like a legitimate relationship that's been there from day one um and and not just like we are together because of plot reasons because we said so right right i guess so. i guess the question gel is like does an does a hypothetical aharon san season two have the meat the like the the, the content to justify like i w- i would watch you it, know what i'm saying right. yeah it's it's one of those i i think it's a good you know i could take i'd be happy to have more but i'm also happy to not have more sure okay right. which is perhaps your ideal ending for an anime that does not have a season two plan <laughs> right a, a, a take it or leave it right kind of a it, yeah it's like yeah i'd watch more of it i'd be fine but i also feel like this was a very appropriate place to sure okay to stop um the, you know the 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 concept of it is evergreen enough where they get into you know wacky hijinks that are so random that you could keep that going forever um right because I, that, I was because just curious they're not because yeah, because they're right. not leaning on you know if we're going to compare it to Kaguya-sama, like, <laughs> and, I, and this is not a negative comparison on Kaguya, right. but um, because they're not leaning on a build up to a big confession, like that uh, becomes like an evergreen. Right. The show or does even... not have a plot in the same way that Kaguya. Right. Or, or, or yeah, they, they even... could get into like whatever random yeah. weird hobby next week, yeah. and it would just be still fun, right? So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, more simply than that, I was even just commenting on like. Um, like you say that Aharon San's cast is not particularly large, so like I, I guess it's like that thing of like is the core cast like solid and like do they have enough of a good rapport? Is there yeah. enough like interesting things they can I, do to keep it fresh and interesting, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean in some ways I mean in some ways you could, they could even just bring in more cast members, right? Like there's mm-hmm. room for that. But um Yeah, I I think I think because the nature of the show is that they could just go off and do literally any random thing, right? Like you could just keep that going forever, and it would be fun. But you know, th- thematically, and you know, th- where they left off with their relationship, that it's it's a good place to stop as well. So, um, I mean, this so is yeah. definitely like one of those shows that has like a title and premise that makes you think, oh, the show has one joke, but then it turns out to have way more jokes right they, like, it is one it's <laughs> technically one joke but that one joke can be spun in like an infinite number of right. ways right 
Yeah. Not so. unlike Kaguya Summer. <laughs> yes, perhaps yeah, not. Hold unlike. on. We got a show in between we got to get to. <laughs> yeah. So while that show ended well, I don't know if I can say the same for Ya Boy Kong Ming. Pour one out for the peerless tactician. He, um, couldn't, he couldn't say. Look, let's be real. Juki Liang, courtesy name Kong Ming. Uh, you know, the peerless tactician of the Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Uh, if I'm being very honest about his appraisal, he lost a lot of battles. I mean, he arguably <laughs> lost the war he was tasked with winning. That, uh-huh. that so, is true. I yes. mean, I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you here, Chief. His plan in this show was not very good. <laughs> and, you know, maybe... And, and where I'm going with this is that Kong... The real Kong Ming... Uh struggle to salvage some really bad situations for Shu during the Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Like, despite his his tactical acumen, you can only do so much when you only have so much. And maybe that's the perfect metaphor for your boy Kong Ming, is that Kong Ming himself can be the funnest, most likable, charismatic character in this show. And... Then they That's can take him just... off screen for six episodes. Well, that, first of all, yes, they do that. And also, even when he is on screen, it's it sometimes feels like it's just not enough to, mm-hmm. to save this show. Yeah, I think, I mean, we all saw this kind of coming, but I think, for me personally anyway, I was willing to give it a lot of slack as we entered the second half because I liked the first half so yeah, much. Yeah, same. Yeah. And so, like, when we started to drag a little bit in the middle, I'm like, all right, well... They're, 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 it seems like they're building up to something, right? And then they kind of don't. Yeah, really the thing they build up is just like, we'll have a song that's better than the other song. Right, like, it's it's that thing of like, <laughs> you know, it's that thing of like, they even hint that Kong Ming actually has a more sinister backup plan. Right. Yeah. And I'm not saying I want this to go full, like, ah, evil, you know, evil, edgy Kong Ming, he's cutthroat, he'll do anything to win, but I kind of think it would have been, even if it was played for laughs, I think this would have been a more fun show if we had gotten a little bit more of that flavor of Kong Ming, the win-at-all-costs Kong Ming. And in a way, like, even when he does pull, is still kind of, like, it's a little suspect, but, uh, and, 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 yeah, I mean, like, we really didn't get any Kong Ming at all for most of the second half, right? So, like, yeah, totally. a lot of the second half was just a straightforward Aiko working on her song, trying to, you know, build up her confidence. I still don't know why Kabe Taijin was there. We hired uh, Kabe for we two literally discs hired... for 90 seconds. Yes, it's like this whole <laughs> idea that, like, as much as I liked, you know, the rap battle, in hindsight, it is insane that Kong Ming suggested that we should spend three to four episodes on recruiting this rapper so that he can record a 90-second diss track yeah, in the last I episode. I, I can't believe like, we got Kabe Taijin to mom spaghetti baby metal here. Right? Like, yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, are you really telling me that Kong Ming couldn't have like found a dude on Fiverr to show up that day and drop some bars. Like yeah. if, all you, all, if all you need from the bars is that they're disrespectful. Yeah. That's I look, I'm not gonna say that's not e- that's not hard, but if all you need is a disrespectful rap, not a good rap, like <laughs> there's a lot yeah. of guys you could find on TikTok who can help you with that. I and and like the so like this like I felt like the second half it was like eh fine and then I, I actually really didn't like the ending. Like, the final battle I thought was really I, dumb. Right, and, like, yeah. kind of, like, I, I, very, like, I don't know. Like, it, it it was very, 
it did not feel very well thought out at all, which the is thing very is, strange. For... I think the final battle especially suffered from a problem that I like to call the Tenacious D problem, in that you have a song that is portrayed in-universe as the best song ever, yes. but you yes. can't actually <laughs> I talked about this. the song. Yes. I talked about this last time. you would time. have to write the best song ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I talked about this last time, how, like, yeah, with that. And it's very bad in here because... Um, What's her name? The the fake band plays their song. Yeah, mm-hmm. Azalea. Which is like, which is just like you know, generic pop song. Uh, what then... I do, what I do like is that they gave the like shitty sellout commercial idols, like the the fake metal sound that yeah. so many idols have nowadays. Yeah, huh, but yeah. but then but then they go to Aiko's song and I'm like this is equally bland and boring. Like, yes. right, right. <laughs> it's 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 the Carol and Tuesday problem. Like like, 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 like if Carol... you had told me this was the bland boring right. pop song, I would have believed you. Right. Uh, like 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 Carol and Tuesday, them. the characters were supposed to write a pop song that was heartfelt enough to end like anti-immigration policy. <laughs> right. And it's like you can't. But here's a problem. You didn't hire someone good enough to write a song so good it could end anti-immigration policy. And well, that's kind right. of and also and like that's that kind song of doesn't because Carol and Tuesday did have good song And I mean yeah. that's a song that just doesn't exist, right? Yeah. So. I mean, well, yes. But... <laughs> um, but I don't know, like... man. Imagine by John Lennon when all those celebrities sang it. That ended oh, the COVID gosh. pandemic. Oh god. Um, the. No, but even even putting the music aside, like the whole like just concept of the last battle with pulling up the truck and everything just right. felt really like lazy to me. Like just like, which is strange because like I was I'm expecting, oh Kong Ming has some kind of big master plan or something, and I'm like his master plan was to just pull a truck up and so this is a have Aiko dress as a three star Ark Knights character on stage. <laughs> right, and, I uh... did. <laughs> yes. Uh, I like, yeah, what, what, what would Aiko's uh, uh, Ark Knight's code name be? Like, uh, microphone? Uh, waffles. Sure. Waffles. I don't know. Yeah. That's the first random word that came but, to mind. Um, yeah, uh, no, it's like, it's it's the thing that I think we can... It, it is actually a fairly noticeable thing in a lot of fiction, right? Like, you see it in Code Geass or in Death Note or, hell, even occasionally in Legend of the Galactic Heroes, right? Of, like, you have a character who is written to be a genius, but the writer themselves is not a genius. Yes. Right? So... <laughs> The scope of what your fictional genius is capable of is only as far as what your writer is capable of coming up right. with. But I feel like even like the so you the either f- made the character a genius. Sorry for interrupting. You either made the character a genius by making everyone else really stupid, or you make them a genius by having them know things they can't possibly know. And then when people ask, "How do you know that?" they're like, "Oh, but I'm a genius." Right. <laughs> like- but I feel like even the even the stunts that he pulled earlier, while not like clever, they were so ridiculous and so much yes. of a stretch that it was fun. Whereas this was just like, oh, he put the different QR code up to steal the likes. Wow. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Like, oh, he at got... that point, at that the point, NFT Kong, like, scammed him. Like, right, like, if that's the level Kong Ming is, is acting on in this show, he might as well have just hired a Russian bot farm. <laughs> right, yeah. To like, get him 100,000 likes. <laughs> right, I mean, that, and like, this is, how, this is how you disrespect the Battle of Red Cliffs. Um, right! <laughs> <laughs> so. I don't know. It's just like I feel like they they had this really fun idea for this series, and then it was like, oh wait, we have to actually write it. Yes, <laughs> and actually executing it is not as easy as it sounds. And in awesome. some in some ways, they were kind of hitting. They found a good balance in the beginning where they were kind of skirting around the the problems we're talking about by like not trying to come up with the most 
brilliant genius plan or write the best song. It was just like somehow they managed to like avoid that by like you know the plans were kind of just ridiculous. Right, so you you lean was... into the absurdity more than anything else. Right, right. and not like, like these, oh like, this is actually you, you... a genius plan. Right, right, like you lean into plans that would actually never work in real life, but by dint of it being a plan made by the peerless tactician. Right. They somehow work, and it's also, the, from that in the first half, you could still accept the premise that Aiko didn't have to be the greatest singer in the world. The the joke was that Kong Ming thought she was because she was the first right. thing he heard when then, he was right. isekai'd. And then and, and then it was like, it oh fun. wait, and then it was like, oh wait, that wasn't a joke. You, you yeah, were serious. and then they actually play it straight. In, in the a lot of ways, <laughs> your boy Kong Ming ended up being a lot more. Uh, it ended up being a much better fit for PA works than I think we initially. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it ended up being uh, closer to your traditional PA works working women show. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I do have to say I I liked the episode about Nanamine's backstory because it showed some of the nuance in the whole indie versus right. sellout. Debate. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, it's. But it's, then I mean, later on, when they execute execute their plan against her, it comes across as like weirdly mean spirited towards Nanami yes. and Azalea. Like, at some points, it's basically like they're pretty much like calling her out for being like a sellout and and being like. Even like vaguely slut shady about oh you're wearing this revealing outfit right and that sort of contradicts the nuance that they had in that backstory episode right because no, in totally. the backstory they were trying to establish right. why and here, yeah and here right, it's almost get... as if like Nanami made a mistake and has to repent right. for it like uh, and it kind of sucks because like lots of artists like I mean sell out mm-hmm. because yeah. being an artist is fucking rough and doesn't pay the bills a lot so like yeah yeah most artists would love to jump at the chance to sell out honestly right yeah and, and, and well, yeah, it's like whether whether regardless of how you feel about that it, it should have been at least a sympathetic position to take right like right mm-hmm. right and then kong ming's plan hinges on basically psychologically destroying her right right like, so <laughs> it, it, it doesn't quite add up thematically with that uh oh oh kong ming yeah. You almost had it. You well, almost had it. you know, Kong, Kong Ming will always have a solid job, you know, being a wizard in Dynasty Warriors. So yeah. he, he'll, he'll never be out of work, that's that's for sure. And in Fate yeah. Grand Order. Oh, God. Let's move on. <laughs> Back to the good anime. Yeah. So let's talk about Kaguya-sama, Love is War, Dude, fucking Kaguya-sama. <laughs> what... So the ultra okay, me, romantic plan. The plan was called let, Plan Ultra Romantic. That was a great. That was a great title drop. Um, let me let me say this to start. The uh, face on my chest is just for decoration. You know what I was talking That's about. That's for all last, you common rider fans out there. I was I was talking about last time with the Haran San how. I like romances that are natural, and there's really no confession confession necessary. It just happens. And while I do enjoy that, and perhaps that's my preference, if you're not going to go that route, perhaps (laughs) the best route is to make it the most, like, over-the-top, hour-long, ridiculous... Miyuki Shirogane's music. By God, that's Miyuki Shirogane's music. He's running in. He's got the the briefcase. He's cashing in the money in the bank. By God, he's not even supposed to be in this wrestling match. I I understand where you're coming from, Jelvin. He's got the chair! 
the act of the confession is at the center of this show's entire right. premise. Yes. Like, that, like, that's what I'm it saying. Had to be, yes. It had to be tremendous and insane and right. absolutely marvelous. And I love it. It's so theatrical. That's what like, I'm saying. Let's course, go to the opposite like, end of the spectrum, and it's great. Right. Yes. Like, Shirogane's confession could be nothing but something this fucking ridiculous. And yes. I, I'm glad it lives up. I, I'm glad they made it live up to the hype. Like, I really do think, you know, I think. You know, Jill, you, you and I, you know, we're, have been talking about it ever since, like, freaking season two, right? Like, well, whenever this confession happens, it's it's got to be, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the thing, right? Yep. I mean, yeah. shout out to this show for starting off as two characters who are too proud to confess to one another, escalating to a point where in season three, they're basically just telling each other, I love you, every other sentence. Also, to the point, like, and then they have com- to come back to, like, oh, wait, we actually have to make this confession a a yes. big thing because also like proud. both of <laughs> them just like completely mentally disassociating by the end yeah like like and, but but here's the thing and again it's like you know maybe it's time for more like gel and g awkward high school stories but it's like <laughs> you can feel the manicness in their in their confessions because of clearly how like like this is what happens when you confess to a girl right mm-hmm. is like you are practically not even in your right mind anymore. Like you yeah. are operating almost on pure adrenaline at that point. Like I would say it. Uh, I'd say it gets worse the longer you wait. Oh, sure. that too. I love that part. The part where they specifically said Shirogane's self awareness was about to kick back yes. in. Yeah, I was like, like, he's also starting to realize how like silly this all was. All right, I'm gonna make something. Yeah. Okay, okay, I'm gonna talk about something here that is like insanely embarrassing, but also like maybe uh, a moment that high school me is undeniably proud of is that uh, uh, for the girl that I invited to my junior year high school prom, um, I made a painting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I painted was it off a giant it, robot? No, it was a. It, <laughs> It was a portrait of her, and okay. it took me weeks, mm-hmm. and I gave it to her. She actually said yes, and yeah. on one hand, I'm like, damn, I can't believe I pulled that off, but here's the thing. I had to stand around on in my high school with that painting. It wouldn't fit yeah. in my locker, uh-huh. so I had to carry the painting mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. day so, because so I couldn't get a to, have to the, talk to her. And you're starting I, to have the second uh, second thoughts. Second thoughts. I, <laughs> I was literally about to throw this painting over the fence into the freeway, and mm-hmm. it took a very good friend to be like, "You have to do this. You have come this oh, yeah, far. It's too late now, man. It is too late. It is do or die. Either." She is going to love it and be deeply charmed and say yes, or you're going to become the laughing stock of the school for the next year. But do or do not, there is no motherfucking try. Yeah. And Th- that's uh Yeah. No, they captured that feeling here. They, cap- they exactly captured that feeling of Sh- like of like Shiragani went all in. Shirogane went all in in a way that is deeply admirable. Like I, I love people who make who commit to confessions in this way, like that because like the, the type of commitment to it is like deeply admirable. But also the embarrassment is also completely understandable because to be that sincere, to be that committed to your confession is it's to a high risk. And the put your is... most vulnerable self out into the world. And the thing is, that is what is embarrassing. It's not the fear of getting rejected because he knows she's gonna say yes. Like. Yeah. 
I get the it feeling does. like. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, it, I mean it. It is. Yeah, I guess at that point they they know the answer, and it's right. they're still they're still clinging to the "I need to make the other person say it" thing, right? Right. right. But uh, yes. even so, uh, he does a lot of things that uh, you know. Right. His whole fucking like Lupin the Third plot like <laughs> is that are very the... embarrassing. <laughs> and also, like, I love that he specifically creates a red herring to distract Fujiwara. Yes. Because yes. he's like, if I don't do this right, Fujiwara is going to ruin this entire thing. Well, he, like, he, I... he, like, he pushes off everybody, right? Like, right. you know, yeah, and yeah. yeah, everybody, yes. he has a plan uh, for everyone. Um, again, shoutouts. Uh, you, know, you know what, even more to this, right? So we know that with the plot review of, oh, Shiragane is going to Stanford, right? And not only that, but he's skipping senior year, right? He is getting... Uh, early admission, right? And there's a lot of drama about that, right? right? And I don't know how it goes in the manga, but I fucking love... Like, this might actually be the fucking biggest dicked Giga Chad move I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> where Shiragane demands that Kaguya attend Stanford with her, <laughs> and is like, fuck the studying abroad arc, fuck the studying abroad drama, you're Just coming with, with me. me. Yeah. Like, yo! Holy shit! <laughs> Shiragane, what a Chad! Oh my god! Like, any other, it, a weaker, a weaker it, romantic comedy would have milked the whole, oh no, we're going our separate I, I ways. I do feel like... <laughs> This is an interesting time to point out something we kind of touch on a lot, where Ishigami is your more traditional Loser anime romance protagonist, protagonist yeah. and Shiragane is kind of like in his own category. Like, yeah. he's not your typical one, and this is probably a good example. Yes. Uh, uh, and... Speaking of Ishigami, now again, Akko, you yeah, let's the talk manga, about right? the uh, um, the undercard here. Okay, I need to say something. Is this okay. now? Now that this confession has happened between uh, uh, Shiragane and Kaguya, is this the beginning of the Ishigami Bowl? Yes. <laughs> All right. We got Ino, <laughs> we got Tsubame, and we got Maki. Yeah. Like they are clearly setting up some kind of fucking battle royale for Ishigami's heart here. And yeah. if you had told me that, I think I joked about like. Did I did I like make a joke at the end of season two that I was like, man, once Kaguya and Shirogane confess, it's gonna become the Ishigami harem arc. And yeah. oh my god, are <laughs> we actually entering the Ishigami harem direction. arc? <laughs> yeah. Because that confession well, to Tsubame is just ambiguous enough, right? Right. Like, <laughs> I will say, uh in real life, um, if a girl says, I need time to think about it, it's probably not a good sign. Oh, you're fucked. No, you're but, like, totally uh, fucked. Like, <laughs> but never. I guess no, this no is girl anime. in history. Okay, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to be, I don't mean to be, uh, to make, to make wide assumptions, but I'll just say, Mike, no yes. girl in the history of any high school dude I have ever known who asked a girl out who said, I need to think about it. That never works. Has, has ever, it has never yeah. worked out. Never. Uh, Probably the worst, and, and she also drops the, with the possibly worst. Uh, I never, I never thought about him that way. Um, <laughs> I love you like a brother. <laughs> yeah, I don't know so... if it goes that far because I mean there is that aspect. I mean there is that aspect of Tsubame where she's like, I never thought of him that way, but like also, I mean they, they, it's, it feels like they're hinting that she wouldn't mind maybe starting to think yes. of him that way. But also, right. guys, we have all read stories before. We know Tsubame is not the end game. No, like. but damn, she sure should be. <laughs> yeah, look, I I got my biases here, but you know, but we, look, Ito is 
look, she's a cop, all right? Like, let's be real. Ino's a cop. She's a good girl. <laughs> uh, uh, Maki is um, deranged, which is kind of appealing in its own way, I yeah. guess. Tsubame yeah. yeah. is the clear winner of this pack here. Like, the senpai like... typically wins that fight, right? But, um... um <sighs> yeah. So, I guess we should mention that uh, it has been confirmed we will be getting some continuation of the anime they did not say season four but i have a yeah, feeling it's probably a little... safe it's gonna to be assume. season four like I, what whatever be... comes next in the manga is not movie material like, okay right. okay sure <laughs> yeah I, I feel like it's safe to assume it will be season four all they said is yeah. there will be a new anime project yeah. and they did not but hey you know once again... i find this i find this weird because this seems yeah. like the perfect time to call it quits to end it? even if the manga is still running huh. like the manga is only going for another like Three months. Or yeah, something. but I'm not saying the manga gets bad. I'm just saying. Yeah. No, but I get what you mean, right? It's like thematically. Like, yeah, thematically, if, this is a good ending point. Right, because if you is it the thing of like, is it the thing that we were talking about with Legend of the Galactic Heroes of if you continue to adapt the manga past this? Right now, you're you in are, for the long haul. You are yeah. in for the long haul. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, here's the here's thing. The thing right? If like, they oh. if they are wrapping it up soon, is are they going to be able to cover everything in one more season? No. Great. Oops. Well. Oops. <laughs> oh my God. Are we going to be stuck with Kagi until like 2025? Jesus well, Christ. Unless is they it... cut some stuff, I guess. Uh, I mean, is this is any... also the this is the part from which I started uh, the manga. I had caught up with the manga, and it became monthly. So maybe there is way huh, less, way less oh, of yeah. what of what of what I remember there being. Maybe if yeah. that makes sense. Like yeah. Maybe I, I just I'm just thinking like oh there's this and this and that and maybe all of that if you like adapt it all it's just like it's like three episodes right I don't... <laughs> yeah well I mean I guess once again it is cool that we have a we have a fucking we have a romantic comedy that has been running for three goddamn seasons and we're yeah, here to be say, like man I can't yeah. wait for season four can can I can I even yeah. think of another comedy that's gone four seasons that's not Gintama uh, hmm. Because uh, Gintama has like twelve seasons, so whatever. Yeah, I, I got yeah. nothing, man. I don't. Yeah, I can't think of anything that's gone. Gintamari sketch. Did I get four <laughs> seasons? <laughs> yes. Really? I knew yes. it got like three, but four? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so it has joined the uh, the prestigious company of Hitamari oh, Sketch. I mean, <laughs> Hitamari Sketch also not really a romantic comedy. Like... Right. Well, it's a comedy though. I mean, yes. I would still define that. I would define it as a comedy. Like, I mean, is it, uh, do do Kira shows count as comedies? Let's yes. not go into this. Yeah, I guess. Yes, I, I, don't know. I would. Ca- I would, and specifically <laughs> that one, I would count. All as right. Comedy. Well, spe- comedy spe- in the comedy in the Greek uh, tradition. Uh, of course. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, sure. sp- well, well. Speaking of comedies, I do got to say. I mean, look. I know just do the reference is like the most basic ass form of right. comedy. But also the ways in which Kaguya-sama in the last few episodes has just you know done the reference is oh yeah what, what is with that Planet of the ways. Apes character what what the fuck is with the Planet of the Apes reference dude the fucking Resident Evil bit yeah where, like, at least Kaguya, that one makes sense Kaguya's like running into the wall with Kaguya like switches to tank controls and like she's like <laughs> spinning in place. <laughs> To indicate That's how, like, out of sorts she is. At least that one is. makes yeah. sense, but what's with the Planet of the Apes one? Oh, man, I don't okay. know. I, 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 as the as the, as the the old man here, my favorites were the 80s references, so we had uh, Max Headroom look that up, kids. Right, and, uh, uh, Shawshank Redemption. 
Uh, of Brent, take on me. And um, yeah, take oh, yes. on the yeah, take, take on, on me. me. Uh, aha, video reference. Uh, shout outs, shout outs to the reference to the original Mobile Suit Gundam. Yes, uh, the part where uh, she gets blasted Kusilia. by yeah. the laser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, yes. what's with this show and having like off-brand '80s classics in its soundtrack? Like, we had to fake you spin me round like a record. I think I think it's just that director's like vibe and aesthetic, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna assume I'm gonna assume the director is probably around my age or slightly older, and probably <laughs> that's the references he's pulling from. But uh, yeah, it's great. It's like, hey, for some reason, I want you spin me round like a record by Dead or Alive on the soundtrack for this show. If you can't get the rights, just write something that sounds like it. Just, just yeah, change just... two notes. Oh, what was, <laughs> wasn't there another one? Offbeat cover. Wasn't there yeah, another there's... one they did? Too? There were a couple of them where they just like it was literally the same song, but they just yeah. changed like yeah, two notes. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I love that kind of thing. It's it's. I just All watched right. uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off a couple times too Hell many. Hell of a show. Yeah. <laughs> also, shoutouts to the fact that this one last thing. The last episode doesn't have one. It has two title drops in the same episode. It has the ultra-romantic plan. And then I think literally the fucking last line of the episode is like, Kaguya really does want to be confessed to or something. Right. <laughs> Which is the subtitle of, uh, of the whole show. Maybe it's... the true love is war was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> it kind of feels like that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, so hell good. of a show. Truly uh, speaking game. of hell of a show, man, we got another we got another heavyweight here. Yeah. So let's talk about um Spy Family. Yeah. Uh I will offer my perspective as the non-manga reader. Um uh-huh. we talked about last time uh meeting yours brother. Right. Which I thought was a bit of a weak stretch. I th- I think it Okay, let me let me let me let me choose my words carefully here. Because I don't want to come off. With weak, like I... weak, you mean still pretty good, but with a couple of asterisks. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't want to come off sounding like mm-hmm. I think Spy Family is bad in any way. It's still quite good. I do, but I, I think everybody kind of agrees that like the Anya bits are the best, right? So like, right. taking yeah. her out. But it's, but I, it's not like I don't want Lloyd and your content. Like, I still want right. Lloyd yeah. and your content. But I think the balance of and and it has kept a balance of mostly Anya, right? So that's yeah. fine. Um, uh, another one that ends pretty abruptly, but this has yes. also been confirmed. I think this is only taking one season off. So I mean, the last episode is very weird because it's they, gonna be back in fall. Yeah, like they they, fall, they, they 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 tease an important plot event at the end of the penultimate episode. So you yes. think like, oh, that's what they're gonna do for the finale, and then they do the finale, and it's like the finale is the first episode of season two. Yeah, so it where they have to like reestablish like they... all of the characters and their it, dynamics. It, like, it definitely feels like they rearranged episode order or something. Yeah. However, I think the reason for that is that, um. What we'll just call the dog arc. I dog guess. arc, yeah. Um, it is lengthy by the standards of Spy Family. Um, so it's like three chapters. Yeah. So I said by the standards of Spy right. Family. Right. And and could potentially be a two parter episode if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it could be. It could be. And so I could see this definitely being a case of like you know just natural adaptation like woes right yeah. like oops. This plot doesn't fit into the pacing of a serialized TV show, so we're just going to have to do some creative rearranging. And it's not yeah. the end of the world because Spy Family is a very episodic story. Right. Yeah. Like, 
it almost kind of doesn't matter what order you put some of these school chapters in mm-hmm, because yeah. it all Which, adds up to the same thing. You can even take anyway. stuff that's like before the dog shows up or after yes. the dog shows up and Which, move it around. Then again, totally. makes it weird why they didn't end on a two-parter with dog and then did like episode the the final episode as the first episode of season two and after that do like the, the dodgeball episode. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 definitely. I mean, you know, again, hey. These Maybe sort of they'll are, fix it on the Blu-ray. <laughs> well, no, I, hard, I mean, you know, it's it's hard to predict, like you know, exactly how your pacing is going to work out. Yeah, with su- with such a short break, it's like I I don't know if we're going to care by the time season. Right. Two this is not. Or, yeah. This, this is not that we're waiting till January. Like we're waiting one season. Like yeah, we're going to blink you know, and this is going to be back again. Yeah. yeah. I hate to say and, that, but and uh, for that reason, I'm very happy with Spy Family for the most part. I oh think yeah. They were given, you know. A, a home home run like you know material to work with and they hit a home run with it right like they you know they they really nailed all the things that really make it such an appealing and they put show. They, they put the ball five centimeters away from the hole gave them a, a, a club it was like please do it in <laughs> one tap hit. it in right and yeah, they did time it for my hit. green bullet <laughs> the green bullet yes just hit yeah. your green bullet into uh it's, yeah. it's wild because we actually haven't talked about spy family because of our usual the way our podcasts are structured but it's like that mm-hmm. we was dodgeball literally like have we literally not talked about dodgeball no, like on yeah, the podcast no, man it's been that sh- far back huh yeah well shout outs to dodgeball uh, i guess good episode. yeah they're really um shout outs to bazooka bill and his dad zane uh, uh um um m bison <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been really. I mean, they've really flexed the uh, animation muscle when they need it. Yeah, on this show, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, and the dodge. Yeah, the dodgeball episode was great. That was like a kind of a perfect self-contained like yeah. uh, Anya school side story, right? Um, I actually did enjoy the penguin thing in the final episode. Yeah, I think uh, it's cute, right? It's the right mix of like family hijinks and a little bit of spy hijinks as a spice on top with lloyd uh getting the big stuffed penguin and doing the voice yeah. was pure <laughs> gold um mm-hmm. and yeah i mean that's like i i i find i kind of almost find it hard to talk about the show because i feel like you just need to watch it right like yeah, it's, it, it's yeah it's solid, it very man. much i mean the only on way the... you can talk about the show is like haha remember that joke that was really right. funny and then you say the joke <laughs> like, it very much relies on like the the mood <laughs> Yeah, I, um, I I will say that watching these episodes does these episodes do remind me that like Spy Family does a pretty good job of sort of organically developing Lloyd's like paternal instinct over mm-hmm, right. the course of this first season, right? Like you know he starts off, I mean he's never like preg, I mean he's never like cold blooded, but like obviously Lloyd as introduces mainly like you know for the mission, right? I need a wife mm-hmm. and a child for the mission. Yeah, and, right. I mean you know guy literally has no like frame of reference outside of being a spy. Right, and it's like, you know, stuff like him doing the penguin voice for Anya in the last episode is like, it's it's him understanding that, oh, to raise a child is more than, you know, them getting good grades or, like, doing well in school. To raise a child is to... Parents do a lot of embarrassing things for their kids. (laughs) Like, a lot of embarrassing... And kids are deeply embarrassing. Right, I'm sure everybody here is probably can probably think of a moment in which they said or did something that embarrassed the shit out of their parents. Right, it's yeah. and you know, parents, you know, at least Part good the, parents, you know, do their best to take it in stride. You know, for the sake the, of the kids, that's the job, right? right? Yeah. yeah, 
And I, I, I like that they do a good job of developing that aspect of Lloyd's character over um, the course of the anime. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so, I mean, this is another one. I mean, it's kind of cool. Most of our favorite shows here are all continuing. Are, are right? coming back. Yeah. Hooray. And we want them to. Uh, and so. all the bad ones are leaving. It really is the best case scenario. Well, except Tiger. Christmas Bunny. in um, July. Well, yeah. Uh, I, I, I feel weird calling Tiger and Bunny bad, but it kind of... First half was good. Like I don't know, man. Just... On balance, I feel like I ha- kind of have to at least with this block. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's gonna do it for spring twenty twenty two. So next next up, we've got we've already got new shows coming in for summer. Yeah. We you might have to do the first flip books like yeah. next week. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll, we'll we discuss some, some scheduling or, or whatever with next episode. I am gonna try to get this episode up. Uh, normally, I we record on Sunday and I put them up Wednesday. I'm gonna try to have this up for tomorrow. So, so all of our hot takes are still <laughs> a piping hot. Yeah, since we've already got new shows coming out, I want to try to get this out as quickly as possible. Yeah. So, um, I'll tr- and so we'll strike the iron out. while it's step it. <laughs> while, while it still has a little bit of warmth. Make left it hot by um, striking or whatever. Isn't that the bullshit they usually say? I don't know, actually. Yeah. So you know, we are not metallurgy experts here. Uh-huh. We'll we'll be talking about. Uh, Next time we'll be talking about how G's random pick of uh, Lycoris Recoil as anime of the year actually came true. <laughs> um, but we'll save that. So stay tuned. We'll do our housekeeping. Stay tuned for at thegloriablog.com where we'll actually have all of our written first looks uh, up for everything starting like tomorrow or something. <laughs> like, like pretty yeah. soon. And then um, you can follow us on Twitter at thegloriablog. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Stitcher. And you can check us out on YouTube where you can like, comment, subscribe. Um, you know, give us a five-star rating on iTunes, all that stuff. I, I always forget saying that. You know, borrow your... Borrow mm-hmm. your uh, to give us a good review, parents. we might even read it on air. Maybe use a VPN. <laughs> give, 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 yeah, borrow your your family members and friends' devices and hit that five star. This podcast you know. was sponsored by Squarespace. <laughs> I don't so. think we can actually say that. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to call legal on that one. Um, this podcast is sponsored by viewers like yeah. you. <laughs> so, all right. Well, you know, tell your friends, tell your enemies. We'll catch everybody next time. Bye.